And we are here just after, uh, what, eight minutes after seven on your Wednesday night, the flagship show. This is where it all started, and this is where it continues uh, over five years in as we continue here. Uh, the Employment Hour, Monday nights, Wednesday nights, weekend shows, and, of course, Employment Hour and 30. That is on your TV, your television set on uh, Global and CTV Saturday morning and Sunday morning. Uh, respectively. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff today, uh, biggest mistakes that individuals make that compromise their legal rights. We'll get to some emails. That, by the way, uh, you can send over any time. The, uh, the phone number is, uh, well, the lines are open. They always are when we start the show, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one 225 talk That number is absolutely toll-free. Johnson, you got the uh, week that was, a couple cases uh, going on with you. What is happening this evening? I sure do, and and I hope that uh, people are listening in case any of these ring true with them and uh, they may have a similar question about this kind of thing. So let's jump right in. Uh, The first situation was a lady that came to me actually just yesterday, uh, and she was in the midst of a pregnancy leave, and this young, uh, young lady was two months into her leave of absence, And her employer gave her a letter stating, hey, just so you know, when your leave uh, is over, your employment is going to be terminated. But don't worry, you're on a 52-week maternity leave, and you're only two months in. So here is 44 weeks notice. Uh So essentially, the employer is saying to her, we're giving you working notice while you're on a maternity leave. And so she comes to us, very upset, of course, and says, well, this doesn't seem quite fair. I don't have a top-up program with the company, so I'm not being paid during this time other than by the government through the employment insurance program. And otherwise, I, I obviously can't work for work, look for work right now. Right. So what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So, well, John, in fact, there's a lot she can do here. And I told her that, you know, you did the right thing by calling me and because, of course, there are a number of problems here. So first of all, an employer has a legal obligation to hold your job for you or a comparable job during a pregnancy leave unless that job has been eliminated for reasons completely unrelated to that leave, and the company can show that they did not have a comparable job available. This employer, of course, could not make that determination yet because she wasn't set to come back until next April. So there's a violation of the Employment Standards Act. There's a violation of the Human Rights Code. Second, and perhaps even more significantly, you can't give working notice to someone who's not working or earning an income. Point of working notice is to make you whole during a period of time so that you don't have to lose your salary while you're looking for new work. So to tell someone that you're giving them working notice while they're on a leave of absence is complete nonsense. It's not adequate. And by the way, the same thing happens if you're on a sick leave, which is an issue that our firm actually took to court. So the, the court has absolutely no time for the notion that an employee should be given working notice during a period of time which he or she cannot work and is not earning an income. So in this case, the company doesn't receive any credit for that. So here I told this client, I said, you have very significant entitlements here. She'd been with the company for six years, been working there as a management accountant, was making a high salary, and she was only 35 years old. But because she was pregnant and clearly showing, uh, the courts recognized that these women are entitled to a disproportionately larger severance package to compensate you for the fact that they'll be out of work for a longer period of time. So the lesson here is that if if you're let go from your employer, especially if it's during a leave of absence, Uh, Give us a call and let's talk about it. Don't just accept what your employer is telling you at face value. And I I know this sounds cynical, uh, but in the vast majority of cases, they're out there to protect their interests, not yours. So if it's a leave of absence, there's likely a human rights component, as well as potentially a very significant entitlement to severance. And in the case of the person I was just talking about, wouldn't surprise me to see her walk away with a severance package of anywhere from forty or $50,000. 
And on the side of the employer, the golden rule, don't mess with mama. Don't mess with Never mama. Never mess with mama. That's right. And and it's amazing. I, I, I've probably seen, this is, there, there's, uh, I don't know, this is the the summer of uh, messing with mama, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> because I just see this situation happening over and over again, small companies, large companies, uh, and I don't know, uh, companies seem to have no qualms with uh, not accepting uh, pregnant employees, uh, pregnant employees back to work, or trying to change their job, and so you know these these issues still exist, and and uh, you know hopefully we're, we're progressing past them, but they're they're right. still a problem. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell one triple eight two two five talk. That number is toll free. What else you got going on, pal? Uh, the second situation uh, over the last week that we can talk about is also someone in financial services, but this time it's a person working for a uh, medium-sized company as a financial advisor and been there for okay. 12 years. So for whatever reason, the company decided to pay this person as an independent contractor. So every month he submitted an invoice for the exact same amount, charged HST, and did his own taxes. So about two weeks ago, the company told him, I'm sorry, you know, Mr. So-and-so, we're going in a different direction. Yep. We're going to have to let you go. Pursuant to your independent contractor agreement with the company from 2006, we owe you two weeks' pay. But hey, just to be nice, we're going to give you an extra $500 to sign this release and sign away all your rights. So this person was uh, understandably suspicious. And hearing this, he came to us and asked if there was anything we could do about it. So I, I had a discussion with him, and through this discussion, it was revealed that this client had an office at the company, had business cards from the company, had set hours, couldn't refuse work, set salary, participated in bonus plans with other employees, used all wow. the company materials. For didn't 12 have, years. <laughs> for 12 years, didn't have any other jobs. And uh, so, John, what does this mean? He is not an independent contractor. And of course, he is not an independent contractor. He's an employee. And because he was an employee, this means that the contract he signed when he started was clearly illegal in violation of the Employment Standards Act and effectively not worth the paper it was written on. Wow. So the contract gets thrown out, and this person, who happened to be in his 60s, was owed 14 months pay, which for him was well over $90,000, so quite a bit more than he was offered. And I have to tell you, it's going to, it's going to be a very straightforward matter to resolve once we get in the picture, and because I see this situation quite often. So, of course, the lesson here is do not assume that just because your employer says you're an independent contractor that you're disentitled to severance, because many independent contractors are actually employees at law, or for others who have a little bit more of a contractor relationship, you can still be an, a, a dependent contractor right. who often also have entitlements to severance. So, ultimately, don't guess. Uh, give us a call, and let's talk about what you're owed. Well, I mean, the scary part, you can imagine that particular client at his age with $90,000 and, you know, 14 months of severance coming to him. If he hadn't listened or if he hadn't made that phone call to you and accepted two weeks' salary plus, ooh, another 500 bucks, he'd be kicking himself down the street for the rest of his life if he ever heard what he could have got, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's just like people who sign employment agreements in the middle right. of their uh, a contra- in the middle of their employment. You have to, before you sign a legal document, you know, you should talk to a lawyer. It's just like before you get uh, decide to go for surgery, you should probably talk to a doctor, right? It's, probably it's a good a, idea. Probably yeah. a good idea. So it's, it's the same principle. <laughs> Severance pay calculator. Give me some details. So the severance pay calculator is a really easy tool. It's it's free, and it's something our firm has put out there to make it easier for people to find out their entitlements. Because right. uh, as we talk about a lot on the show, if you go to the Ministry of Labor, the information you're going to get there is incomplete. So if you want the full picture, you go to the severance pay calculator, you put in your age, your position, your length of service. It takes two minutes, 
and it will pop out a range of entitlements that will give you a sense of whether you've got a good severance package or a bad severance package. Nice. And sometimes you'll find you've gotten the right severance package. For the most part, uh, you'll find uh, that you haven't. In fact, it's way off. And by the way, the severance pay calculator takes about 30 seconds, completely anonymous. You can walk away not knowing you were ever there. It's free of charge or there's a contact button. You get a hold of John or Lior, a member of the team, if uh, if you so choose. We'll get to, over to a phone call. Andrea, good evening. How are you? Hi, good evening. How are you guys? Excellent. Great What's going on with you? By the way. Thank so, you. Um, the, uh, what I was explaining is that so I've been with one of the five banks, um, the top five banks, uh, for three years. For the last year of that, I was on sick leave um, and trying to return on a graduated basis, so um, potentially three um three hours a day to kind of ease my way in. So I was denied long-term and short-term disability and uh, basically had um, uh, no benefits. So if I returned to work, I would be able to get my benefits and so forth. I was then notified that my job had been eliminated Hmm. at that point, and uh, I was offered two things. So I could either um, look for a job within the company during that time, but there was no guarantees or take a severance severance package of 16 weeks. Okay. And so um, I I guess my question is, I believe that it should be more than that, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm not 100% sure how to go about even um, approaching the situation. Well, this phone call is the first step, right? Yeah, so this, yeah. This, is, this is a good first step because there's multiple things going on here. So just a few questions for you. So first of all, mm-hmm. you say you've been at, at the bank for three years, uh, and what was your uh, most recent role there? It was a senior uh, position as senior manager. Senior manager, okay, so you had people reporting to you, whatnot, and you had managerial duties, hiring, firing, that kind of thing? Um, there wasn't a direct report. Um, it was um, through different organizations within the uh, the bank okay. um, in order to work with others. So it wasn't direct report. Okay. And roughly, what was your, your range of compensation there? Um, per year? Mm-hmm. Per 112 year. per year. Okay. And how old are you? I, I am 40. 40. Okay, so certainly you you could be entitled to more than this. I mean, from a severance per- perspective, um, they've given you less than four months, and someone in a position like yours could be entitled to up to six months. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's another issue here, uh, which is the the fact that you were let go, uh, as I understand, unless I misunderstood you, uh, mm-hmm. during a, a medical leave of absence, right? So Correct. I assume that they're they're taking the position. Well, it has nothing to do with the medical leave of absence. We're just uh, restructuring and don't have a position Correct. for you. But uh, if you're working for one of the five major banks, uh, that's going to be a pretty difficult argument for them to make. So there, there's a human rights component here as well. And for that reason alone, uh, I think it makes sense to uh, have a, a more detailed discussion about this and find out about improving the terms of this uh, the severance package. And certainly mm-hmm. that, that line about looking for a job within the bank is complete nonsense. I mean, you're on a medical leave. Uh, that's mm-hmm. not something that you should be doing at this time. So mm-hmm. I, I would definitely give us a call in this situation. I think the severance package is is short. It's not, uh, you know, it's not an outrageously low severance package, but I think it, it does fall below the mark. Um, right. And I, I think equally importantly, there's a, there's a human rights problem here for uh, the bank as well. 
Okay. Okay. Absolutely. So I will then definitely give you a call. Um, the information that you've provided is great, and I thank you so much. Perfect. Andrea, appreciate that. Uh, to get a hold of John, Lior, the rest of the team, and you should do so, as mentioned, help at employmenthour.com is email, and then one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred one eight five five. 821-5900, and uh, yeah, we got some time. We're going to bounce over to uh, Olivia. Hey, Olivia, good evening. Hey, good evening. Um, I'm calling on behalf of somebody who had approached me for advice. She had been hired by a firm, a, a hiring firm, an employment firm. Mm-hmm. She's a, a professional chartered accountant. She's pregnant. The agency knew of this. She went out on contract and mid-contract as she became more and more obviously pregnant. Her job position was um, terminated as, well, they characterized it as being restructured. Um, And she's just wondering how she's going to face, you know, whether it's a human rights complaint or it should be uh, an ESA complaint or how that should be dealt with. Right, right. Okay, so first question, what do you mean when when you say she went out on contract? So she's working for this company, and then did she go on a, a maternity leave, or did she go work Sorry, for someone? I didn't. I didn't make that clear. I because I can't think of the the correct name. They you know when a an employment firm that will like a headhunter sort of thing, but it's a temporary agency. So they'll hire out professionals on contract. So she's an accountant. Oh, okay, so she was hired through uh, a, a an employment agency right. for but a company. Right, on a contract basis. So okay, so she was working on a fixed term contract. Yes. Okay, okay, I see what's going on here. Uh, and she was, and as I was understanding, she was terminated in the middle of her her pregnancy leave. That's right. Okay. Yeah, she should definitely give us a call. So there's there's a few things going on. And the first thing I'll say, um, you're right to point out there is a human rights component and an employment standards component. There's also a uh, you know a common law entitlement component, which is which probably uh, greatly overshadows the other t- other two issues. Uh, mm-hmm. We can deal with all three of those issues uh, mm-hmm. at once. And uh, there's the the issue with the. Um, the, the biggest issue here is probably the contract, right? Because if she's on a fixed term, mm-hmm. uh, what the law says is that unless there's a very clear term of that uh, employment contract that um, that states that they can terminate it with, you know, a certain amount of notice, for example, two weeks notice, three weeks notice. Mm-hmm. And, and as, if they don't have an enforceable and properly drafted clause and they end that contract early... You are now entitled to the balance of that contract, right? Mm-hmm. So you're entitled to be paid. So if you've been let go, you have a 12-month contract, mm-hmm. and you're let go after three months, that becomes what we call liquidated damages. The other nine months are payable to you immediately. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's that's the first issue, and that's probably the most significant entitlement. The second uh, is very similar to the uh, the issue that I was uh, talking about at the top of the hour with the uh, uh, you know the lady I spoke with uh, earlier this week who was pregnant, and, and that is that you know if you're on a mater- uh, maternity leave, a maternity leave, they have an obligation to hold that job for you. So there's a very very clear and obvious human rights violation which you've identified correctly. So. Uh, the, the first thing that she should do is to give us a call. And this is the kind of thing that we can probably resolve without having to escalate at all. I think it's the kind of thing that if we write a letter setting out these issues, setting out the applicable law and, and what they're responsible and why they're responsible for it, mm-hmm. uh, we should be able to resolve it in short order. So I, I would recommend very strongly that your friend gives us a call and we'd be happy to chat with her. 
Olivia, appreciate your call. Got to move on. Uh, that number, one 821 5900 Anytime, get a hold of John Lior, the rest of the team. And, of course, uh, helpandemploymenthour.com will work for email as well. We'll take a short break. Get right back into it. Your phone calls got open lines. Bring it on. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. And toll free, one 225 talk This is Employment Hour, Wednesday night edition, right here on Global News Radio. You are indeed. You have uh, till around 10 to 8 to give us a call. You got questions about your employment, your job, your severance, your boss, workplace harassment, anything under that uh, particular topic. John here to answer your calls and questions for the remainder of the evening. Uh, 727 is the time here on your Wednesday, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one 225 talk That is toll-free. And we'll try to get to some emails if they uh, if they come through as well. So, yeah, biggest mistakes individuals make that compromise their legal rights. We're going to go through some of these, and I know you want to expand on them. Uh, first one is, we kind of touched on this, that is signed a contract in the middle of their employment. What's that all about? This is probably one of the most common and the biggest mistakes that anyone can make in the middle of your employment because one of the most significant rights you have as an employee, one of the most valuable rights that you have by default is the right to your full severance. And if an employer is giving you a contract in the middle of your employment, it could be a very short contract, it could be a very long contract, chances are that contract is going to try and interfere with that. And if that contract has been drafted by an employment lawyer, as they often are, and and as we are increasingly seeing them, that contract could disentitle you to tens of thousands of dollars or more, hundreds of thousands of dollars if you're a high earner or if you've been with a company for many years. So you have to be really, really careful when an employer presents you with a contract in the middle of your employment, even if it's someone that you know well, even if you think that you, it's, it's an employer that you trust, have it looked over by a lawyer and think about whether you want to sign it because they cannot force you. They cannot force you to sign it. They can always let you go because an employer always has a right to do that, but they can't actually force you to sign a contract. And if they're trying to force you to sign a contract, it's because they want to protect the right to let you go. So keep that in mind whenever something's put on your desk and and definitely give give an employment lawyer a call don't have to talk to us if you don't like us but speak to someone who's going to be able to tell you what that contract says is it even binding though unless they give you something for it a bonus or or something else it 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 is you know it, it does have a requirement that you give an employee something but there's no requirement on what that something is. So they could give right. you they could give you $25 and exchange for $25, you're giving them the, the right to terminate you and instead of paying you, you know, $50,000, they pay you 10. That's not a fair deal. It's not a good deal, but it doesn't need to be. The law doesn't care if it's a good deal. All the law right. cares is if it is a deal. And as long as something is exchanged, it could be an increase in bonus. It could be an increase in commissions or salary. It could even be a one-time lump sum payment of $50. Right. There's as long no, as you get something. You just need to get wow. something. So... Um, that 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 is a problem. So if you have if you have a contract that you've already signed, then don't despair because there may be a way around it. There may be a way around the contract. There may be a way around the termination clause, and and you should give us a call to look at that. But much better to not have signed the contract in the first place. Yeah. So- Lots of time to call in here still, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and toll-free 1-888-225-TALK. You have concerns about your job, a severance offer you've received, maybe call for a pal. That's uh, that's fine as well. We're talking about the biggest mistakes individuals make that compromise their legal rights. Wait too long, too long to do something about changes to the terms of employment. 
This is a common one as well. And and a, a big misconception here is a lot of employees will think, well, yeah, I mean, I did get an office or yes, I I did get commissions. I did get a salary, but I never got it in writing. So uh-huh. I guess it's not really a part of my employment contract. It's not the way it works. There's such thing as implied terms of your contract, right? One of those terms, for instance, is full severance, right? Just by the, the same token, there can be a term of your contract that says you you get an office, that you know that you're not working in a closet, that uh, that you have someone who's subordinate to you, that you're not subordinate to, uh, you're not subordinate to them. So this is something, you know, if 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 you have job duties that an employer is changing, uh, and if you've never signed an employment agreement that says they can do that, but you've had these job duties for a while, then you don't have to let the company do that so if you're someone who's in a managerial position and all of a sudden you're reporting to someone who used to report to you don't let them do that Mm -hmm. you talk to us and let's talk about how you can uh, tell them that you're you know politely declining that and think about what your options are in that situation in a, in a situation where there's terms that have changed, say, you know, they've, they've moved the office across town or a little bit, and you're thinking, you know, this, this might affect me, it might not affect me, can you, uh, can you try it out, take it for a spin, so to speak, and, and not get penalized by having to stay that way? You can, and in many cases, you probably should. You know, a good example oh. of that is if they change the commission plan, right? Because right. no one has a crystal ball to say, well, now instead of being covering this region, you're going to cover this region. Well, for many people, when there's a change of commission plan, it's impossible to know what, what effect sure. that's going to have. So the way that you handle that situation says, look, I'm going to try this out for a month. I'm going to see if it works. Uh, and if it doesn't, then that's going to be a problem. And then check back in with them in a month and say, look, we had a, we had a month and my sales have been uh, not the same they were before. And this is becoming a problem. And keep that conversation open. And if the employer is not doing something about it, then give us a call. And it might be time to get you out of there, get you a separation package so you can go somewhere else. I was that was my next question on that particular uh, particular topic. So you, you spend the month, you try it out, you think, you know what, this is uh, this is full of beans. This isn't working for me. I want to go back to status quo. They go, nope. Now you're there. Now you're staying there. Is that grounds for constructive dismissal? It, it often can be. And my right. the only caveat is be very very careful here because the last thing you want to do is resign from your job and it actually turns out to be a resignation at law. Yeah, yeah, no. So speak to a lawyer before you do anything, but you know, just the, the golden rules is when you're unsure, you know, call an expert, call an employment lawyer. That uh, number, by the way, as we continue on here to get a hold of John or Lior or the rest of the team is one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com as well. We're talking about the biggest mistakes individuals make that can compromise their legal rights. We've done a complete show, if not several, on this one. That is allow employers to lay them off temporarily. Love that term. Yeah, lay off temporarily. So this this term is very often confused with termination of employment, right? So when right. someone says uh, temporary layoff, uh, they're they're usually referring to a provision in the Employment Standards Act that allows employers to do it on a temporary basis. But here's the thing. Unless you have a term in your employment contract that says they can do that, despite the fact that the Employment Standards Act says they can do that, despite the fact you can look this up online, you can go to the Ministry of Labor and says, oh, yeah, they can lay me off with 13 weeks uh, if they're doing it without benefits, or they can extend it to 35 weeks with benefits. That's true for some people. For most people, it's not. And all that comes back to is what's your employment agreement. And, And unless there's a very, very explicit, properly drafted layoff clause that allows the employer to do that, then you don't have to let them do that. And you can treat that as a termination. And in many cases, you probably should, because if you do that and you let them do it again and again and again, that now becomes a term of your employment, and then there will be nothing that you can do about it. 
which speaks to the fact where, you know, you figured you'd be a good company guy or gal and just, you know, take one for the team. Okay, they said they're calling me back, so I'm just going to sit back for a few weeks. That's the problem, right? Because once you've done it once. Yeah, nice guys finish last, right? That, that, <laughs> totally. It, it, it's the truth, you know? It's, yeah. It sounds campy, but it, it's honestly the truth. It, I, I have employees who come to me and they say, well, I just I just didn't want to give my employer a hard time. Yeah. And okay, that's fine, but now that's the deal. That's the arrangement now, and you, you have to live with that. So if you're not prepared to live with that, you have to think about what, uh, you know, what you may want to do. We'll uh, grab a phone call as we continue on here. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. one 225 talk That way is uh, is toll-free. Uh, Ryan, good evening, pal. How are you? Uh, good, and yourself? Excellent, sir. What's happening with you tonight? Sorry, I kind of got... It's a little bit of a two-part two part question. Sure. Yep. Like, I, I reside in Newmarket currently, but, like, um, I'm going to be moving to Wooler, which is, like, near Trenton. Okay. So... I have to I have to quit my current current job but I have a feeling as soon as I get noticed I'm going to get tossed right out and I've been there for 6 years so I'm not sure how that's going to work but it'll work better my, but go ahead <laughs> and my and my wife right now where she's working like because I'm forcing her to move but like uh, but she'll still have to give notice the same like does she even qualify for EI or anything like that is there how does that work? Because gotcha. like we're both right. quitting, right? Right. So if you've resigned from your employment, then no, you 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 would likely not qualify uh, for EI. And uh, there, there's you know certain situations where you don't qualify for EI. One of them is resignation. One, another one is if uh, your employment is terminated for just cause. So unfortunately, in that kind of situation, uh, typically you're not going to be entitled to EI. And certainly, you can call Service Canada, and they have a number you can look up online. Uh, to get more information about that. But no, in a resignation, uh, your record of employment is going to state that it's a resignation. Uh, and that will be the same even if the company decides to waive the working notice that you're giving them and, and pay it out to you instead. Um, okay. So that's still probably going to be a resignation. It'll be recorded as a resignation. Uh, and your entitlement to employment insurance, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be there. It's not good. So just either way, I'm kind of done. Well, it... it it's fine because the only reason I'm moving is is for my kids. So as long as they, yeah, I mean, right. you, you got to do what you got to do, right? But uh, that's just uh, that's the Employment Insurance Act, and so you know the the purpose they say of employment insurance is for people who have been let go as a result of things outside of their control, right? right? So if right. it's in your control, typically you're not going to get that, just well, like severance. Yeah, but te- technically, I guess like it, like if if I got a offer like in Vancouver and was forced to move, right? Mm-hmm. So the wife that would be beyond her control. Well, but it has to right? be, be it, it has to be because of something that your employer has done, right? So if it's, it's something uh, personal, something in your personal life, uh Service Canada is likely not going to recognize that. Well, thank you very much, sir. You guys have a wonderful night. You too. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it and best of luck uh north of Trent there. We'll get to uh to Joe. Hey Joe, how are you? Hi, good thanks. How are you? Good. What's going on with you? Uh, I just uh, when I started on my with my job, they had me read through like an employee manual, and on the last page, kind of an acknowledgement and signed it. Kind of laid out all the rules and what was expectations were, and I was told that they were going to take it back to the office and and email me a copy of it or send me a copy of it. 
And then I never, never really thought about it again. And then six months later, um, you know, things started changing. So I asked for a copy of the, the manual or the thing that I signed. I don't know if it's a contract or not, but they say they don't have it anymore. And I'm just worried that, that there might be stuff in there that should I be on the road decide to leave, that maybe I've signed something and written, like, they're supposed to give me a copy of it. Who do I call to enforce that? Would it be you guys or would it be the Ministry of Labor? Or? So you want to get a copy of the employee manual? Well, whatever I signed, yeah. It was an employee manual and guidelines, and the last page kind of was an acknowledgement that I understood all of the rules and the guidelines and what everything was going on. And I signed that, and he kind of picked it up and said, okay, you know, because his office is in Toronto and I'm not in Toronto. He said, and I'll send you either a copy by email or the next time I come down, I'll have a copy of it for you. Right. Never, never got a copy of it. Right. Well, and I honestly don't even remember what all was in there, right? So it, that was five, six years ago, and they continually changed expectations on me. And I'm just wondering, like, you know, how do I get a copy of that, or who do I approach to to get that? And well, I mean, t- typically that's your manager, or your your human resources representative. But tell me, Joe, is 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 the concern here that you're worried that they're going to find you in breach of one of those uh, provisions in the manual, and that they're going to hold you? Yeah, uh, exactly. Like, or can I can I you know if I refuse to do something that they're asking me to do it, and I don't remember whether it was in that manual or not, whether I was. No, but it's not something that we've been doing on a regular basis, uh, whether for safety concerns or just, you know, like, you know, it's just, it's not normally within my responsibilities or whatever. I'm, just, I'm trying to figure out what I can and can't refuse without getting myself terminated with just cause. Well, I, I think that what you're doing right now is actually very prudent, right? And you're thinking about your future and you're thinking about preventing finding yourself in a situation where the employer can fault you for doing something contrary to the rules. And I think what you want to do more than anything is put this in writing. I mean, there's no way in, in the course of your employment that you're going to, you know, for example, sue your employer for the manual. So what? remember that the manual is there to protect them, right? It's not there to protect you. And your obligation as an employee is to follow the rules that are clearly communicated to you. So I think what you need to do right now is to send something in writing, preferably by email, to human, uh, human resources manager, maybe to the, your, your immediate supervisor, and say, hey, I don't have a copy of the manual. I want to make sure that I'm complying with all the company's rules and procedures, and I'm concerned because I don't remember everything that's in there. Would you mind sending me another copy? I'm concerned about this. And if they don't do that, and they come back afterwards and they say, oh, Joe, you, you violated the manual... They're going to have a very hard time doing that because you asked for it. You're going to come back and you're going to say, well, I asked you for the manual and you wouldn't give it to me. So I didn't know what the rules were. And so if they try and hold that against you, they're going to have a huge challenge in doing that. So I think at this point, there's, you know, there isn't any reason to take legal action for them to produce it because it's, it's not there for your benefit. It's there for their, it's, it's there for their benefit, right? So um, now if the question is something more safety oriented, then I think you could say, look, I'm not doing this until I have the proper procedure to show me how to do it. But I, I think you just put that request in writing for now. Okay. Okay. Uh, thanks, Joe. Thank you. Thanks, man. Any more uh, information you need moving forward, call John, uh, 1-855-821-5900. We'll, uh, we'll do it nicely. Frank, good evening. How are you? I'm good. How you doing? Good, pal. What's up? Uh, my wife works for a company. She's been there nine years. Uh, her standard work week is 37 and a half hours. 
and now they're getting a little busier. They, they've just started scheduling people for Saturdays, which would be a full extra shift. Okay. Uh, she put it, she put in a request telling them that she has other commitments. She's not available for Saturdays and they continue to schedule her for these Saturdays. Okay. So I'm wondering if she doesn't work these, is that cause for termination? Does she have to do 44 hours or what's the law? Okay. So as I understand it, she's never worked those Saturdays. She's worked the occasional one in previous summers for them. Okay. But it's not its not her state, like all winter long, like for the last nine months or what have you, there's been no Saturdays. So I, I don't know if this is the kind of question that we're going to be able to come up with a full answer without actually speaking to her and, and getting some more details from you. Uh, but the, the question here is going to be uh, is whether working on Saturdays was a term of her employment, right? And so if she's done it in the past, then we have to look, well, was it consistent? Was it, was it really, uh, is it going to be looked at by the law as something that was truly uh, occasional? Um, and if that's the case, then it could be something that she would have the right to refuse to say, look, I'm not accepting this change. It's not a part of my employment agreement. I have... Part of the deal is that I work these days so that I can work elsewhere. Um, this shift interferes with that, and I'm, I'm not willing to accept that. Uh, but the, where it becomes a problem is if it's something that's become, you know, for lack of a better phrase, part of the deal, part of the employment agreement, then any refusal to do that could be deemed subordination. So you want to be careful about this. Um, and I, I would I would recommend that she comes uh, you know comes into our office and, and has a sit down with us to, to really go through this go through the schedule and see how this material uh, materialized and see what is uh, in writing. Right. Okay. Then we'll maybe have to do that then. Thanks for the call. I advise you, you do, Frank, that number, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900 or help at employmenthour.com. Get to uh, Dana. We got time. Hey, Dana, how are you? Yes, hi. How's it going? Good. What's uh, what's your concern? So my question is, when someone goes on maternity leave, usually they're asked how long do you want to go on maternity leave? Uh, leave? And I know for my firm, it's up to 18 months. Okay. So I was wondering, my question would be, let's say I choose to to go on maternity leave for a year and then when the time's up I want to extend it for another eight months uh, is that something that's possible or is that something that would be a violation because I told them a year originally mm-hmm. how would it work uh, well there there is a rule uh, under the Employment Standards Act about how when you have to uh, advise your employer about okay. when you're going to when you're going to be coming back so you just need to make sure that that you're complying with that and um, giving them adequate notice. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to to quote it offhand uh, because I don't I don't uh, have it to, to committed to memory exactly how much that is. So if you want to send a send me an email after the show, I can confirm that for you. Uh, but you 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 certainly there there is a way to extend your maternity leave. The, the important thing is to have um, you know clear communication and to do it earlier rather than later, later. Uh, with okay. your your employer so I, again I can't I can't tell you offhand exactly what that is but there's a certain um, certain period of time, time. that you're okay. going to need to give them sort of advance notice so then my second question would be during maternity leave if I take some sort of courses whether it's online or in class um, not like painting or pottery like something more serious uh, related to my job specifically would this be considered a violation of my maternity leave with my employer and with BI. 
sorry, is it going to is it going to cause a problem if you're taking a course? Yes. Uh, it, like, can they come up to me and tell me, oh, like you're you were capable of doing this certificate, or you were capable of taking these classes, so this is now a violation because you could have worked. Yeah, it 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 could be it could be a problem. I think that's more of a question for uh, Service Canada. Okay. Um, but um, the the important thing is that um, uh, the important thing is that you um, make sure that you you talk to Service Canada about this beforehand, uh, so so that they're you know that that you understand this before you do it. But typically during a maternity leave, you want to dedicate your time. I mean, the idea is you're supposed to be dedicating yeah. your time to to your your new child, right? So yeah, um, that's that's what it should be. Um, the other thing that I should mention is it just it just occurred to me. I, I believe the amount of time it is, and I can confirm this after the show. But I believe the amount of time it is in terms of how much notice you need to give uh, about changing the date of your pregnancy is four weeks. Four weeks. Okay. Yeah, four weeks. I, I believe it is. So you, you probably want to double check that before before you with me before you do that, and I'll confirm that. But if yeah. memory serves me right, I believe it is four weeks that you have to Perfect. do it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate that. So basically, if she's planning to be off for twelve months, she has to come in no later than eleven months and say, "By the way, I'm taking another eight. Yeah, and the same thing happen. The same thing goes if you want to end your maternity leave early, right? right? So okay. either way, you have to give them some notice so that they can plan ahead. Nice. We're uh, pretty much done for another uh, for another night. If you didn't get a chance to uh, get your questions asked, there is a way to do that. Very simple. The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That'll put you in touch with John. The show's over. Or Lior, a member of the team. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. There is also help at employmenthour.com. We do this show Monday night. We do it Wednesday night. It happens on the weekends and also Employment Hour and Thirty happens on Global TV and CTV as well. That is Saturday and Sunday mornings as well. And always, always, always before you make a move or put pen to paper, check severancepaycalculator.com. That is the the new golden rule to make sure you get what you're supposed to get. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour. Uh, On Point with Alex Pearson is coming right back on Global News Radio.